0: Hmm? Ah!
1: Huh. What? I'm waiting. For what? For you to ask me what it was that he stole.
2: Why would I? So
1: you can tell me a story related to yourself, something you did in your past maybe? A lesson to impart.
2: We're out here because we're, we're trying, trying to, to help, help people.
1: Yeah, I know. I saw the movie.
2: Does it have anything to do with what happened to your brother?
1: Jesus Christ, are you serious?
2: I lost a brother too.
1: Wow, we're so alike. Two peas in a pod. Deadheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Lucy. And this is the Walking Dead cast episode 367. If you're hearing this you're still here. Yes, you Congratulations.
0: are. Congratulations. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> another, <laughs>
1: another person who's here, guest co-host Ben Beck. Welcome Ben. Hey, hey
3: I'm, I'm happy to finally be doing this. This is the first time I've ever gotten the chance to be on any of the, uh, the Walking Dead cast. I
1: know, we'll see if it if you can do more after i'm just kidding yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> i i wouldn't hold my breath
1: <laughs> <laughs> no you so you and i have only done one other podcast together right
3: yeah we've done uh, the lost podcast the which fr- i'm sure we'll get to we'll talk about a little bit later
1: yeah so well i'll go ahead and mention now since it just came up so ben hosts co-hosts the lost revisited podcast which is a co next level podcast network Podcastica production with Kristen. In case any of you guys are missing Kristen, you should go listen to that. But anyway, I did the first episode with them, and that was a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. we have to. Get, we'll have to have you back on at some point too.
1: Yeah, I, I would like that. I that's that show has a lot to say about it (laughs) Um, (laughs) really does but yeah so as i mentioned ben has the next level podcast network we've been friends for a while he's in the patreon group uh we've worked on mocker stalker stuff together you've moderated some panels the very first panel ben ever moderated (laughs) i uh threw him in with rooker
2: Yeah. Oh boy! You,
1: you kind of threw me to the wolves on that one, sir. But you seemed like you were up for the task, and it turned out really well. So it was. It was I was, good, and I think. had a lot of fun.
2: Hey, he's in Saskatoon this week, so you know I might bump into him. You never know.
1: <laughs> What's he doing there?
2: I think it's some kind of mini like X or Con or something. It's okay. him and the guy that plays Lando. <laughs> That's the weirdest combo. But uh, yeah, so you never know. <laughs>
1: Watch out. That's all I've got to Watch say. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is made possible by Patreon supporters like Eric Sherman, who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash jason karen So thank you, Eric. Eric Yay. is a long time listener, very good guy.
3: Mm.
1: And with that, let's get into it. Attention shoppers, deadcast top three in five four. that's melissa hutcheson by the way from the walking dead games from telltale
3: yay i just jumped back into them too not to
1: oh cool yeah they're great
3: topic yeah
1: no they're really good where are you
3: uh, I just finished season one and played through the uh, the 400 days epilogue, and now I'm getting ready to jump into season two.
1: I love that 400 days one. All right. It's our Deadcast top three. It's our top three highlights for Fear the Walking Dead season five, episode 11. You're still here. Uh, before we get into our points, let's just go around and quickly say generally what we thought about the episode. Ben?
3: Um. You know, I, I've mentioned this to you before, and, and you too, Lucy, when we were kind of prepping for this, and I've I've talked about it on the Facebook page. I've been somebody who's in, been in the minority lately of someone who enjoys the season uh, and still enjoys the show. Last week, in particular, I was a big fan of last mm-hmm. week's episode.
1: I like that one, too, actually, yeah.
3: Uh, you know, very reminiscent. It had a very Dawn of the Dead feel to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, being sat in a shopping mall this week i don't think came across as strong mm-hmm. as last week but there were still some moments that uh i still enjoyed there and i'll get to talk about them a little bit in the top three but yeah there were there were definitely i think some strengths that came out of this episode but there were still a few missteps in my opinion mm-hmm. so it, it was an average episode i don't think it was the strongest of the season but i don't think it was the weakest by far
1: yeah i can agree with pretty much all that what about you lucy
2: um i think i'm with ben i'm not i'm not as grumpy today as i was last week so i'm probably being a bit more enthusiastic um yeah i think it was an okay episode i mean there were things i liked and things i didn't it didn't thrill me in any way but it wasn't the worst
1: what would be an adjective that's in between good and bad that's right in the middle eh. uh. <laughs> eh. so if we're not good cops or bad cops we're just eh, cops. This week.
2: Kind of ad- adequate? Average. Adequate cops. <laughs> adequate I, think ad- I think
3: adequate's a good adjective for that.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much felt felt the same. I mean, it, it has a slight variation on a very common theme for Walking Dead, which is trying to come back from what you were and whether mm-hmm. you can or not. But I think it is a little different because it's more not about, like, necessarily coming back from the dark things you did, but more about just coming back from loss you know when you're depressed and you can't you can't recover who you were and trying to find that hope again which is um a nice sentiment
2: Yeah, yeah i think so
1: yeah i'd agree with that too all right let's get into our top three ben what's your number three
3: uh, my number three is kind of making a comparison a little bit to The Walking Dead rather than just the Fear the Walking Dead. And it might be one of the reasons why I'm actually, like I said, in the minority. Is And one of the things I think this episode really highlighted is this episode really focuses on the fact that Fear the Walking Dead has broken the mold when it comes to something that we, we've we kind of grown used to when it comes to Walking Dead. And that's the the moral compass. The moral compass in Fear the Walking Dead, or in Walking Dead, it became something that you never wanted to be, or you never wanted to see anybody (laughs) become, because it meant your time was short-lived in that series, whether it be Dale, it be Glenn, or anybody else. If you became the short, if you were becoming, or Herschel, exactly, (laughs) if you were becoming the moral compass on The Walking Dead, as a viewer, we didn't like it, because it knew Mm -hmm. your time was growing short. Fear the Walking Dead's kind of broken the mold this season with everybody leaving the tapes and wanting to help everybody in, in the sense that everybody has kind of become a moral compass. They're no longer individual, a mo- there's no longer an individual moral compass. It's now a group as a moral compass. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like, again, using the term broken the mold, that's what I've really liked about that. And it was seeing and meeting Wes. Um, you know, and his skepticism versus their optimism that really shined the light on that for me this episode.
1: Yeah. Mm. It almost felt to me like Wes was like a refugee from The Walking Dead.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. For
1: sure. Now, um, I'm being a little bit, uh, what does pedantic mean, Lucy? Picky about little yeah, details. I'm being pedantic, but, um. I I think when you say moral compass like a compass implies this is the sort of barometer by which the rest of morality is is measured and, and but typically I guess when you use it in, in the Walking Dead it meant who's the most moral <laughs> person right and so yeah I guess you're right like they're all just moral they're all they're all compassionate right now and they're all trying to help people so yeah yeah
2: yeah and the moral yeah. compass is like the guide like mm-hmm. Herschel I think is a really good example of that because he does it they look to him yeah he, he kind of he's probably the most ob. like I think Rick treats him as a moral compass and thus gets advice from him whereas Dale yeah. and Glenn are maybe subtler apart from that one episode where Dale's like we're gonna kill a guy and then goes out and gets his guts eaten <laughs> yeah spoilers for Walking Dead if so if <laughs> there was one of those
1: on fear because I agree they're all kind of on the same wavelength but if there was one, who would it be? Morgan?
3: I, if I had to choose any of them, I'd probably say Morgan. Uh, but I, again, I just don't feel like... To me, nobody really stands out, which is why I kind of put them on a pl- equal playing yeah. field. Yeah, I, so. I think
2: Morgan is not consistent enough to be a moral compass. I think he, his motives don't come from goodness in a way in a way sort of morgan's motives are quite self-serving it's about what makes him feel okay or what he can cope with and that's fine but i think yeah in terms of like objective sort of moral goodness it might be more along the lines of john dory who's kind yeah. of looks out for other people and and actively helps i think morgan is there now but he also flip-flops a little bit
1: yeah i mean they're all a bit like that they're all like feeling guilty and so we've questioned whether what they're doing is healthy considering it's coming from a place of guilt except maybe not John Dory Um, yeah but
2: uh well I don't know he did shoot that guy's finger off
1: (laughs) yeah that's true yeah right (laughs) but Alicia this episode may have actually taken a larger step towards the ideal kind of morality Mm. Uh, you know she might have just like Gone past everybody else who knows we'll get into it i'm sure yeah. but what's your number three lucy
2: uh my number three i will go for uh the zeds uh, i thought the zeds were really cool this episode there were two in particular that were awesome the cold open zed was gross as fuck. that was pretty brutal <laughs> ripping itself apart on yeah. the trees i was like whoa there it really was quite astonishingly gross um i also very much enjoyed the tear gas zombie um i just i don't know if it was supposed to be funny um but i quite like the image of this zombie just like and the gas coming out of him while Strand's like oh god my eyes um it didn't seem it to quite,
1: affect him huh the zombie yeah
2: the zombie yeah. was just like i can't see anyway um <laughs> and the third one that i thought was quite interesting was the vault zombie um who al and morgan see because in a way, it was it was a woman, I believe, and she was much better preserved than some of the Zed's we've seen, probably because she's been kept in this like sealed environment. Um, and I thought it was quite interesting that she looked way more human than a lot of zombies we've seen. Um, it kind of added a sense of one of the things I love best about The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead is when you walk into a scene or a setting and you get a sense of the story that has happened there. And I just thought having the zombie there look a little more human and a little more lifelike was a really nice way to engage us in thinking about what had gone down at this this bank, I think it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what had gone down at this bank before the outbreak. Who had locked her in there? Because yeah. she not get herself out. As you're she, saying like,
1: that, I'm remembering that Al said, or, you know, uh, Stram's like, or, who was it? Was it? uh morgan. morgan how did you know the combination oh i interviewed the one of the managers uh, uh and he told me okay that's a bit of a strap but the, what did the manager say oh yeah my wife's in there
2: barbara's in there
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was out.
2: like i should have come back like roughly six months ago but things caught up with me i haven't had time <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> i'm sure she's
3: fine <laughs> well i, I do, <laughs> did he, did the manager actually say that? Because there is a tape on YouTube of her interviewing. There is a video on YouTube of the Althea tapes of her interviewing Clark. Oh, no, no, the no he didn't really manager.
1: say that. I'm just kidding. Okay. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. I the saw tape, that, but so. I didn't watch him.
3: Yeah, and he, well, what makes me confused too, and in hearing about this, about how you said, like how she was so well preserved is he does, ma- I didn't finish watching the video. It's about six and a half minutes long, and I only got through the first four minutes or so. But he does say in there how he did revisit the bank to make sure everything was still intact and everything was holding up. Because he says in there that he's actually very hesitant to give Al the combination because he, he doesn't know her. And he feels that aside from the money, there are still personal possessions in there. And he has hope that people will return to claim them. So he has at some point returned right. to the bank to check on the state of the vault. So that being said, maybe whoever that was that was in there was put in there relatively recent. Sooner. Yeah. Relatively or, recent. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe it's like a governor style thing where they <laughs> turned and he didn't have the heart to finish them off.
3: Yeah. Possibly so yeah. put
2: them in there so they couldn't harm anyone, but he didn't have to do it. You think he would warn her though. <laughs> you know? yeah. Here's the code, by the way, my wife's in there. I
1: know. <laughs> right. About the, the zombies. Um, I'm going into each one of these episodes feeling pretty skeptical. And this one kind of won me over. I liked it more, especially the second time. And last week's I liked So that's good But when I went into it I was pretty skeptical And so when I'm seeing that zombie Ripping itself in half I am thinking That looks fucking cool The zombies always look good on this show But uh, it also makes it seem weak That he can rip himself in half And then seeing all those zombies eating I guess it was a cow
2: I was like yeah it was like some kind of animal cow.
1: and i was yeah. thinking man early on in this series that would have been so exciting in a gross you know way horrible way uh mm. to see but um now i, I just <laughs> i probably shouldn't even say this but i just feel like they're stretching this out for such a long time that the zombies aren't as exciting to me anymore and that's me talking as as a zombie lover you know they're just old mm. hat like trees or something And that's a a shame because I know they put so much work into it and it looks so good. And I did get a little hit of that excitement that I used to get, but I just don't. And then I posted on uh, just while I was thinking that on the Facebook site, whether people are still excited by the zombies. And most people say, yeah, so maybe Hmm. it's just me.
3: (laughs) Well, I think that I think that kind of goes into one of the reasons why, you know, people feel the way they do about the series, whether it be The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead is that. And I think even Kirkman came out and said this, too is we've actually become desensitized. Yeah, absolutely. To yeah. The threat of the zombie. Totally. So you know, which is why they still have to throw in, and I agree with you completely about the the cold open zombie tearing itself open. It, you know, we still do get some cool zombie kills. Absolutely. Every once in yeah. a while. The only thing I question though is if Strand could come up with the the gunhead and the, the zo- and stab the one zombie in the cold open and its head just comes ripping off with the force a couple of beanbags couldn't like dent in a head enough to kill a zombie when they're at the police station. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that I didn't get that, innocent. but you know. Yeah. It, oh, and totally. it's, a, it's a nitpick at this yeah. point. Yeah,
1: but you're right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for my number three, I'll start positive. Most of my stuff is positive, but it's just a few moments in this episode that I really liked. The part where Wes goes into talk, what we think he's going in to talk to his brother And it was right after a nice, happy moment where Alicia says, thanks for reminding us why we do this. And hey, we'll unload your bike and we'll even leave you some gas. And it's like, oh, that's all nice. And then you hear, yeah, yelling and guns firing. And I was like, (laughs) oh, suddenly I perked up, right? And um, then when he came out, you know, he's shooting at him. and And then it turns out that Wes was lying and he knew the man was there and he came to take back what he took from him. I was a little disappointed in that because I thought it would be more interesting if he went in thinking he was going to meet his brother and there was just this bad guy there and you were like, what happened to my brother? But um, it was still pretty exciting. And, and you learn that Wes is a liar too, so that was kind of exciting.
2: I thought the um, the visual of the guy running out was quite funny. Like, he just comes <laughs> pelting out and into the van like, ah! yeah.
1: Almost then, like, like he should be naked happened? or something.
0: Yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one, when um, Morgan... You know when Logan said, "What did he say?" Uh, you know, just if helping other people's not going to help you get over the loss of your wife and son. And Morgan, like, what do you say? Pins him against the truck. There was a real sudden injection of that Morgan crazy energy that yeah. really gave me a jolt. And I feel like a hypocrite because I've always said the best way in the zombie apocalypse or in real life is is to be compassionate and kind, but it doesn't make for good TV. And so when Morgan goes back to feeling a little bit like his old crazy self, it's, it's really exciting.
0: Mm, yeah. And
1: then when Logan had a good point, he said, you don't like people being in your business then don't put it on TV. <laughs> yeah. And Morgan kind of nodded at that.
2: He's like fair man, fair. Yeah. yeah actually, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> but
1: then um, when Alicia was talking to Wes about, whether he shot the guy, he shot the guy, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think he shot or stabbed him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he did. We heard the gun, didn't we? Yeah. yeah.
1: And whether he shot him for nothing and he could die for nothing. And Wes up to that point, well, we still really don't know the really how things went down between those two because of a lot of it was off screen. But Wes mm-hmm. says he thinks he was an asshole and he took something from him. And they're talking about, well, still like you, you might've shot him just to him, just for that. And Wes doesn't care. And, I think um, that's a good conversation to have. A lot of times, that con- we don't see that conversation in these shows, you know, especially on The Walking Dead. I don't think that conversation would have happened, so mm-hmm. it's worth questioning. Well, yeah, he maybe he did steal something from me, and he was a jerk, but should I have killed him? So I kind of like that.
3: Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting too in that whole thing with Wes and and everything that was going on. You know, his his people are people line was is something that came out a number of times and you know i found it interesting that strand was actually one of the two people that was in that group because strand is kind of a prime example like you know wes is saying people are people as in people are always going to be who they're going to be they're never going to change but strand kind of is an example of how they can uh you know if you look at anybody from that group because you know strand was somebody who as a viewer we we didn't really trust in the beginning He's he's been a little deceitful at times too, mm-hmm. but now and ruthless he's at comp- times. Exactly, and now he's made a complete one eighty. He's part of that group that he's just doing nothing. You know, like he's somebody who had to rebuild the trust of Daniel at one point because Daniel knew the kind of person that he was, mm-hmm. and and now he's a prime example of how well people are people. That's not exactly true. They can change.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Only I think when. Um, Wes says people are people. He he more means people suck. So fuck them. <laughs> okay. And, all right. Because he's saying at the end, he says something like they're just going to let they're just going to disappoint you at some point, which I thought was actually some pretty good writing because Alicia is looking for something outside of herself. And she's pinning all her hopes on whoever wrote this phrase on this tree. If you're seeing this, you're still here. And she's telling the guy who wrote it, which I sort of suspected, but anyway, he goes, well, you might be disappointed in the end when you find him. And then at the very end, you know, it turns out or he says people will disappoint you ultimately and or whatever he said. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being him that disappointed her. So I thought that all kind of gelled together really well and was kind of poetic. And she got the ultimate Mm -hmm. lesson that she needed to kind of look inward, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay I'll just go through I have a couple more really quick When Wes said he was waiting for Alicia to ask him what the guy Stole from him remember that when he First told her that he took He took something he's like Aren't you going to ask me what he stole So you can tell me a story related to yourself Something you did in your past Maybe a lesson to impart I was Totally picturing Lucy For some reason picturing you like (laughs) 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 because <laughs> it was almost like Wes was making fun of the show
2: <laughs> oh I, I mean I, yeah I thought it was interesting I was like oh Wes has been watching too <laughs> yes and Alicia says does it have anything to do with your brother
1: I lost your brother too and he goes wow we're so alike two peas in a pot I yeah. like that that was great <laughs> but then of course they did end up connecting kind of ruined yeah. the sarcasticness of it all um I guess oh i'll just say one more at the end when um they came upon the guy and it looks like he's dead but it turns out he's just really hurt really bad but they thought he was a zombie i like that moment it was framed really well that for one cool. thing the camera pulled back and you see them on this lonely road amongst this these tall broad trees and it's kind of misty and uh, mm. Wes goes hey and he slowly turns around i just like that whole sequence
3: yeah.
2: Oh, that was really, really cool. I enjoyed that a lot.
3: Did anybody else happen to find a little or feel a little bit of a walking dead nod in that whole scene at the police station? Uh, yes. Th- there there's one particular line too, and it's when Alicia asks Wes,
1: How many people have you killed? Or have you killed Oh them? yeah, you expect her yeah. to say, How many walkers? Why?
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I mean it's it's totally a Rick Grimes line and it happens at a police station, but yep. that's a complete that's a little bit of a nod if you ask. Yeah, me.
1: like a intentional. There nod. was
2: I thought a visual nod as well. I don't know, I might be I meant to go back and rewatch the scene, but I totally forgot to do it before we, we went live. Um, It looked visually quite like one of the first scenes we see Nick in, in kind of an old church where people are squatting. Mm. And he, I think, is on a stage or in a hall that has something like a stage there. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of familiar. I wonder if that's a deliberate sort of visual nod to those first moments of the show way back in in the pilot when we still had Nick um mm. yeah I thought it was a really interesting setting sorry Jason <laughs> I know it's still raw
1: I went back and watched that episode <laughs> recently just to see
2: how did it feel was it quite different yeah
1: it's just so different it it, it looks different you know it looks the way it's shot is different The whatever the film mm. stock is but just seeing all of those old characters and everything yeah it's cool Okay, um, Ben, what's your number two?
3: Uh, My number two, we kind of touched on a a little bit, but I want to go into more detail about it. And that is uh, the whole scene with Logan and Morgan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Morgan bringing up, uh, you know, or Logan bringing up Morgan's son and wife. Uh, And I thought there was a little bit of an interesting contrast here in that Logan and his people are trying to get information out of Morgan about the oil field so they can get fuel. But in a sense, in a funny way of thinking about it, Althea and, you know, leaving these tapes out there has kind of already given them fuel in a different form. Mm. You know, they've basically given them everything. They've opened up themselves, you know, they've cut open a vein in these tapes. And now these guys have everything that they need to be able to intimidate and... I guess kind of motivate them in some way to get what they want.
1: They know other weaknesses,
3: exactly. So they they might not have given them gas, but they've certainly given them fuel by leaving these tapes Mm -hmm. for everything. Ooh, clever! (laughs) I like that. (laughs) You know, because when you look at Logan and his men, and you kind of compare them to to you know antagonists we've gotten in the past, whether it be no uh, you know Negan or the Governor, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. They're a little bit different. I don't find them as intimidating because even in the scene where Morgan has the staff up to Logan's neck, you know, there's genuine fear in Logan's face.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Even with the guns pointed at Morgan. I mean, somebody who's confident in his men would not have been fearful in that moment. I don't mm. believe so. So I think even even though Logan comes across as somebody who feels confident in what he's doing i don't think he's confident in the people he's with no i don't think he still trusts them completely i mean they have guns and they're they supposedly might have his back but i think there's still distrust in logan when it comes to the people he's with
1: yeah i mean we saw when i can't remember the exact scene but them arguing with him and it seemed like they were ready to kill him almost earlier in the season but i f- remember
3: yeah, but I also feel like maybe it's it's not just a distrust in them, but I don't think it's how do I how do I put this right? I don't think it's a distrust in whether or not they can rely on each other. I think it's maybe a distrust in that he's worried they're not going to do what needs to be done when the time is right. Like I mm-hmm. think if 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 Morgan had pushed that staff up into Logan's neck and and ended him, I don't necessarily think those guys would have pulled the trigger on mm-hmm. Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like I guess, he's. Genuinely you feel like
2: afraid. Logan, yeah, it's like Logan knows that, isn't it? Mm. He's like, oh, I'm kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's like if um, it's like the Legion of Doom. You know, if you kill the Joker, <laughs> is Lex Luthor gonna do anything?
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: It, it 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 kind of is like that. And can I just say, I've enjoyed uh Matt Frewer. Yeah. This season as Logan, mm. I mean, I still. I look at him in this and I'm immediately reminded of Trash Can Man. What's that? From the stand.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. Shit. I always think of um, Max Hedrum, but yeah.
3: Well, yeah, <laughs> Max Hedrum is another one as well.
1: He needs to stutter a little <laughs> just just to make a nod. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Although I'm sure he's sick of being compared to that. Well, um, you know, I like the conversation after that between Alicia and Morgan, where she apologizes for, um, Althea. Yeah. Althea where she apologizes for, um, putting him in the documentary and he says, Mm -hmm. or putting that part and he says, it's okay. And he knew it was in there and they made it to show people who they were. So they trust them. So they had to really show who they are and, Um, you know I'm always more leaning towards that where you actually make yourself a little vulnerable in order to try and connect with people and maybe bring people around who otherwise would have been your enemy but then what you're going to have to deal with if you decide to do that is people who are going to take advantage of it who aren't actually worth your time and so when that happens then you need to like not not stand for it you know fight and that's exactly what Morgan does so I don't know I, I like that
2: I thought it was good. I think with the Logan stuff, I think they went out of their way to not make the roadblock look like the Saviors. I was like, oh, this is like this is where it gets difficult having the two shows running, is it's like, oh we've seen a roadblock, we've seen the bad guys do this, but I think there was a really different feel to it. Like I don't think these guys are as dangerous as the saviours. Mm-hmm. Um
1: the fact that Morgan and Alicia would just walk up to them. I mean um Althea.
2: Yeah. And then just be like, oh fuck it, we're leaving back. Right. <laughs> like I think I loved Logan's genuine fear at Crazy Morgan because I suppose if you've only ever known Morgan from those tapes and from their interactions like as people, he's got no idea what Morgan is capable of. You know, he's got no idea of the kind of darkness there. And he really prodded, you know, he really aggravated a kind of Wild animal there in terms of how Morgan reacted right. and you know what we what we know he's capable of, um, so I thought that was that was really interesting. Um, the one thing that is pissing me off about the Logan thing, and it actually applies a little bit to to Wes's storyline in this, and I think I'm using this term right. It's the use of MacGuffins, so like things that they don't tell us what they are, but they drive the plot. And then they turn out to be kind of pointless anyway. And the thing with Logan that's really annoying me is this. He doesn't. J- why can't he just want fuel because he needs fuel? Why do we then have to be like, it's bigger than you know? And I'm like, oh my God. Can we <laughs> not just be like, I just want the fuel because we've got four cars and it's getting unfair that we're having to only drive three of them because Susan doesn't like driving the truck and blah, blah, blah. Why does it have to be like, there's this big thing that you don't even know about? And I'm just like, oh, anyway. So that kind of. I find that a little bit aggravating because I know it's trying to keep people hooked and I know that like a lot of television and a lot of storytelling is based on these things but Logan's one just kind of annoys me a little bit because his motivations are so unclear and I just the scene at the end with the um where they break into the vault I was just a bit like eh really we're doing this like so all we know is that it's bigger and it's going to help people, but not in the way you like. So all I could think of was like Thanos in the Marvel yeah. movies, like, ah, Me I'm going to get rid of half I the was people, thinking <laughs> that it's actually it's end up killing beneficial people. <laughs> for society, but you won't like it. And I'm like, well, what is he? <laughs> oh, I don't know. So that I found that tiring. And I think, you know, it's nothing not to discredit either of the performances and as a scene, I thought it worked quite well and Logan brought a really cool kind of energy to it. Um, because his swagger, he doesn't swagger in the same way that someone like Negan does, but he is powerful in a different kind of way. Um, but yeah, the, the kind of oil MacGuffin is just a big yawn for me. I just don't really care unless it's like... I don't know... We've got this guy, Rick, who really wants some oil. We picked him up on a helicopter and for some reason he's there. <laughs> like That might be interesting. But yeah, I'm just a bit like, oh, let's not drag this out because it's nicer to get answers sooner. Like If they dragged out the manuscript thing over one episode i think it would have been really aggravating
1: yeah i actually found i'm I'm the opposite of you i i, I mean i like matt fruer and i've been kind of feeling like his character's been wasted and so now we get a sense that oh he actually has some bigger plan and he's coming he um applauds morgan for being a pragmatist when it seems like morgan and althea are willing to let this guy die and, and mm. not being stupid and whatever funny way he said that and not stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah and and so he's a pragmatist i guess and which means that he might be willing to break a few eggs to get what what needs to be done done and so when he says you know we are going to be helping people but not in a way that you like i'm like oh that maybe there is some interesting goal that he has and i agree i don't want it to be dragged out too much longer but i also at the mm. same time was glad to see oh maybe they have a bigger plan for him in mind and I'm definitely curious to know now what he's doing and that it goes beyond just getting fuel so hopefully it'll be interesting and it won't be dragged out too much longer
3: I I, until you said it Lucy I never considered the whole oil field and needing oil to be a MacGuffin I maybe I was thinking about it too simply in thinking well you know fuel is maybe like a new kind of currency
1: in this world Mm. I was thinking that too like Mad Max
3: yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it's fuel is the one thing you need to to get around more than anything else. So maybe that's why he wants it. Controlling the fuel is controlling the world, in 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 a sense. But Which I think is I,
2: a good enough explanation. You know, I'm like, yeah, cool, that makes sense. <laughs> but it, but
3: if you're right and it turns out to be a MacGuffin and it's something completely different, why he needs these oil fields and it's got nothing to do with oil, I'm I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, yeah. disappointed.
0: it
1: seems like from what he said that they need fuel in order to enact some agenda. And so I'm sure they do actually need the fuel, but there's it's just the agenda that we don't know what it is.
3: Yeah. It's to activate a drill to get to the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah. Where hopefully there's no zombies. <laughs> exactly.
1: Okay. To power his boat. <laughs> okay, Lucy, what's your number two?
2: Um, My number two, I will talk about... I didn't like Alicia as much in this episode. Um, I think it's good that she got back to her kind of normal ways by the end. Um, I think they they made it kind of believable in terms of I think she basically has a PTSD flashback when she goes to kill her first Zed after her kind of abstinence from killing mm-hmm. them. Um, but I just I couldn't buy at the start that she would just be standing around waiting for strand to come and rescue her or to come and kill things for her. I just feel like wouldn't instinct kick in before then. Do you know what I mean? I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard to believe that she would suddenly
1: not, but we have, that's where we, if, if you do suspend your disbelief and realize, yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's a PTSD thing. And it is true in the real world that people just freeze up when it comes to that kind of thing and they do
2: you know a good visual flashback to her um eliminating the the radioactive zombie mm-hmm. but i think um also i was laughing because last week the the comment that launched real discourse was when i said that we hadn't seen that many people pee in the walking
1: dead yeah anymore. i've gotten <laughs> like, a lot of messages you know, uh, telling me different times um, when people have peed now thanks <laughs>
2: We're actually going to do a spin-off podcast called Fear the Walking Peacast, where we talk about all the toilet habits of all the people on the show. But I did laugh to myself, because Alicia's like, sorry, uh, in the open, cold open wind Strand comes and she's like, sorry. And I've written, yeah, you probably should be sorry. I think he was off peeing or something and you interrupted, which is, you know, a rare moment of peace. Um, I like that Alicia is painting the trees now, because I think we learn in the pilot or the first couple of episodes that alicia is quite a good artist or her boyfriend is quite a good artist there's something about art anyway because yeah. she has that tattoo he that's drew like it a drawing. Yeah. um i like that strand kind of understands that she's looking for madison but i also like that it didn't turn into a crushing disappointment it actually gave alicia something to think about and something to do oh i didn't get um, that and I th-
1: you thought sh- she thought madison might be alive i know the fans thought that
2: yeah, because Strand says, I know it wasn't who you were hoping it would oh, be. Oh,
1: okay. So I, I, wonder- I thought he meant it wasn't someone who could help you like you were hoping.
2: Oh, okay. But, I kind of read it as he might be understanding that this is a little bit about Madison, mm-hmm. but I don't know.
1: I mean, I think it was I, about can- Madison because it, the phrase on the tree was, if you can... If you're reading this, you're still here, which I took to mean, don't give up on yourself. You're still alive. And, mm-hmm.
3: and that's and that's how I took yeah. it, too. I mean, if anyone can explain this to me, I know I've been reading online, too, about how the fans thought it was Madison and Madison's still alive. If Daniel can survive the dam, then Madison can survive all that. I never once throughout this entire season thought that was Madison. Mm. I, I I was
1: like 98%. <laughs> but then when she writes if you uh you're never really gone until you're gone or what what was it
2: and no one's gone till they're gone
1: that that's exactly what Madison said to her and a few other people in the episode where she died and that's one reason why fans think that she might still be alive because we didn't see her die and she said no one's gone until they're gone but i still i think it could be read to mean that you know she she was reminded of her mother when she saw that so she wanted to find somebody who might think like her mom and then in the end when she realized that she needed to find the resources inside she wrote something that her mom had said to her but had by that time I think internalized it I don't know Mm. just sort of theorizing I thought
2: it was interesting I thought it was a cute moment between Alicia and Strand he seemed to be enabling her to do some stuff that she needed to do um, but I'm glad that she seems to be back on a more even keel um, and it ended with a really nice shot of the two of them framed by the tree um, and I thought that was a nice place to end it uh, which was another reason I was annoyed about the vault scene because I was like this is a nice ending let's just let it end <laughs> so, Um but yeah Alicia in this episode, interesting I thought she had good chemistry with Wes um, I like that he called her out a little bit and she also got his measure the measure of him as well, she managed to Guess within moments that he hadn't actually killed anyone before um, And that was quite interesting And um, I think they both surprised each other in different ways And I quite like that dynamic I imagine they may be heading for a romance if Wes comes back But I guess we'll wait and see
1: My number two is about her too And okay. we've talked a lot about it But I, I do think that in, at least in part This episode is a lot with her trying to come to terms with her mom's death and Mm -hmm. her feeling lost without her mom. And in the end, um, her kind of take, you know, it's also like I said at the top, it's about uh, loss and dealing with loss and trying to come back from it and reclaim yourself and live your life after a loss for a few of these characters. And so Mm -hmm. for Alicia, the way she kind of lets go of her mom in a way by um, realizing that she doesn't need her mom in order to be a full person again but in at the same time kind of internalizes something that her mom gave her that no one's gone until they're, they're gone and, and in terms of herself Alicia and also her mom in season 4 had been all about mm-hmm. you know trying to find things to live for and the pretty flowers and, and all that so um, yeah I felt yeah. the presence of, of Madison a lot this yeah definitely and she says early on you ever get the feeling the universe is trying to tell you something and then at the end she says you're right i'm not going to find what i'm looking for from anybody else so i think that's what the universe was trying to tell her and it's a little yeah. bit after school specialist ish but <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's fine
2: <clears throat> yeah i agree
1: okay ben number one
3: um i kind of have two here and i'm trying to figure out which one i want to go with um i'll mention the other one in, in quick but I'll, we I'll go we, with do, uh, my... we
1: also do a note section at the end where you can just throw in any random thing that didn't get mentioned okay
3: so. uh, <laughs> In in that case, then I'm I'm going to go with something that kind of confused me a little bit, and and that's the safety deposit boxes. Mm. You know, I know that that Al had seen that tape of Clark, and she knew the combination of the safety deposit boxes. She knew where to store these tapes. She wanted to store them safe so that they would survive, whether they did or not. These tapes would survive. You know, she mentions how this it, it's you know it's steel reinforced concrete. It's fireproof. It's waterproof. It's got an air filtration system. Would you not lock the door to the safe that they're in? I mean, I understand, you know, once you close the vault door, that's what keeps everything that's, in, that's safe in there. But we see when Logan comes at the end with the truck and rips the door off, and as it's shaking, the door to the to the box where those tapes are at is wide open. Mm. So would you not, I mean, at the very least, if I wanted to keep them protected, I mean, I understand if you locked them and took the key with you, Somebody would have to fight to get in there and they might never get found, but at the very least lock the door and maybe just throw the key on the floor so that people can kind of eventually, I know that doesn't change the outcome of Logan getting in there because eventually if, if they did that, they would find it. But for somebody who was so content on finding this location and protecting these tapes, I don't know. To me, I I felt it was a little confusing why they
1: wouldn't at least close the door to the deposit Mm -hmm. box.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: I'm I'm kind of, I thought it was a bit of a stretch even to think that she would want to lock her tapes in a safe considering that aren't they like nomads now? Yeah. <laughs> a <little> bit, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, maybe they're just driving around the same metropolitan area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess they are. But uh yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and I and I know I I saw somebody else point
3: this out online too cuz I noticed it as I was as I was watching the episode. And I, I'm wondering if it's going to come into play in a future episode. There is a tape listed the oil fields Ooh, in yeah. her inventory. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering now that Logan has these tapes, if this is something that's going to come into play over these next five episodes.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully next week.
2: Because <laughs> we saw Sarah kind of say, oh, we got to cut off the camera, you know, don't want to reveal our secrets. But yeah, it seems like that's going to be the downfall. That's going to be the thing that that reveals...
1: I wish it would happen in the first five minutes of next week's episode.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: But then where do you go with the rest of it? Something cool and interesting. (laughs) Because Walking Dead and Fear sometimes have this habit of breaking their show up into two halves and setting some kind of goal that's going to happen in the mid-season finale and trying to fill up the space in between to varying effects with some good and some kind of uh, drawn out episodes that's my opinion anyway and mm. it feels starts to feel formulaic and so now this like logan discovering the oil fields feels like it's going to happen in episode 16 so that means we have five more episodes for that to happen yeah. How are we gonna so it'd be I mean, nice to be surprised and have that happen next week and then have a bunch of cool interesting things happen after that but we'll see
0: yeah I, i'm
1: just
3: i'm just happy my favorite character of the season returns next week because in my opinion we haven't gotten enough john
1: Gory in glory uh,
2: i know never enough and wendell where's wendell man
3: <laughs>
1: right oh yeah,
2: he's basically a glorified babysitter <laughs> seriously yeah <laughs> at this point if, if, if logan rocks up at the oil fields wendell's probably just gonna be pleased to see another adult he's just gonna be like hello thank god they've just left me here with the fucking children i'm going mad
1: (laughs) yeah take all the oil i don't care take Take all the oil
2: have a beer i just don't want to be the babysitter anymore (laughs) um okay for my number one i'm going to talk about wes because i actually quite liked wes yeah um i like that he was sassy um I like that they did a little bit of sort of self-referential stuff. about. He talks about watching the movie and then ending up in the movie. Um, (laughs) And I like that he called out, I think you mentioned this earlier, he called out kind of some of, yeah, exactly, why we're so alike kind of thing. (laughs) And that predictable kind of, you know, oh, you're going to tell me something, you're going to relate it to you, blah, blah, blah. That really appealed to me. I like that he calls them eaters. I always like what people's words for zombies are. I thought about how weird it was that, you know, they're essentially going to meet these people and I think it ties into what you were saying, Ben, about ammunition. Um, they're meeting these people who know quite a lot of intimate stuff about them because of those videos and that's a lot of vulnerability to put out there, isn't it, you know?
3: Especially considering they know nothing about these people they're going to meet because of these tapes.
2: Right! And I was just like, because where's
1: It's like being a podcaster playing... or something
2: it kind of is isn't it like wes was playing his cards close to his chest and i kind of respected that um i have a lot of love for i think one of my favorite classic scenes in a, a kind of guest classic movie is in pulp fiction where they're driving along with the guy in the back seat and they accidentally shoot him uh, spoiler for pulp fiction but if you've not yeah. seen it it came out like 24 <laughs> years ago so wait
1: what, what do does that doing? have to do with this
2: um, there was a scene where Wes was sitting in the back seat sort of asking Strand and Alicia questions and it just really reminded me of that. Um, it's this kind of antagonist or sort of someone commenting on the situation or asking annoying questions when you actually just want to kind of get out and do stuff. Um, and I thought that was quite funny. He's like, so why are you looking for this? What are they going to give you? What if they don't give you that? They're just paintings. <laughs> That's how they're painted. And I was like, yeah, I like this." Um, he's handy with a gun which I thought was interesting because we haven't actually seen aside from John Dory we haven't actually seen that many kind of shooting um, kills this season that tends to be more hand to hand combat. I liked very much the way in which the tree writer thing was revealed and I like that he kind of was saying something I think about the role of art in the world now. Um, One of my favourite post-apocalyptic zombie books is Station Eleven by Emily St John Mandel who's a Canadian author and it talks, its whole focus is about a troupe of actors who travel the kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland and perform for people and I just was thinking about Wes doing these trees and writing his book and I'm like, you know, who's he doing those for? and the way that he's quite he shies away from taking responsibility for things, but he's interested to know how people respond to them. I thought that was quite interesting. I think he almost doesn't hate himself, but is annoyed at himself for still believing in that kind of thing. Um and for still kind of putting faith in art and emotion in that sense. Um the whole murder he wrote thing was bizarre. Um I really liked the Walker fake out that we spoke about. I, I feel like it escalated quickly. I mean, like, couldn't they just share the book? Like, this is the yeah. thing. I'm like, I hope other stuff had happened because otherwise I am terrified yeah. to go to the library because, like, you know, people are going to fuck you up.
1: Well, I couldn't figure out, like, who was the bad guy because the guy... He says the guy was an asshole. All we know is he went in the house early on and, and you hear shooting and the guy comes running out and then he shoots him and he says he stole something from him. But when the guy later on says oh you wrote that so he didn't at that point even know that he wrote it which then made me wonder oh well was wes the antagonist the whole time you know
2: that's the thing that's why i was like what what just happened like Mm -hmm. your one good amazon review you've just killed them yeah (laughs) yeah that was such an
1: interesting moment oh this is really good and i'm like oh maybe you should write for the show but (laughs) it, it was it was a cool little moment there i just wanted to finish it he said which i'm like well that's a pretty thin manuscript
2: oh that made me i know i was like how long was it taking you i feel like this (laughs) escalate it reminds me of that um we spoke you've spoken about this on the podcast before jason that ray bradbury story where at the end of the world the guy's glasses break and he can't like he's in he loves to read and he's in a library and his glasses break and you know he can never finish the books and i was like well guess this guy can't either for a much stupider reason <laughs> but hey ho. <laughs>
1: but then i thought it was so stupid when wes get left the manuscript with him and said he died for it he can keep it maybe you guys can turn my mind around on this but the whole episode he's been trying to kill this guy to get it and then yeah. he doesn't even keep it at the end what the fuck
2: well my main objection is he didn't die for it you killed him for yeah. it there's ah. a difference <laughs>
1: and for no reason that
3: really makes it for no reason yeah and maybe it was me reading the the situation differently than everybody else i mean because you're right i did find it a little confusing when he said you know he died for it he can keep it when the whole time it seemed that was what he wanted he wanted to get that manuscript back and you know because even when he thought the guy walking away was a zombie he's and he says you know to to strand that you know i'm going to get it back and he's going to finish what he started But when it comes to actually killing him, is it just me or did it, I I took it more as self-defense. Like this guy was choking him out. He really, he didn't really have much of a choice because Strand and Alicia, in my opinion, made no effort to get to him
1: to (laughs) stop it. Literally
2: none, they were just like, oh.
1: (laughs) The thing is, um, you know, we don't know what happened between them before what we do know is the guy didn't even know if you can take what he said at face value that Wes wrote the manuscript. So that sort of calls into question everything that happened before for me. And so what if Wes was, you know, just going in, what do you do with my, or I don't know, just like being trying to kill him right off the bat. Then if you see the guy who tried to kill you a few days ago, running towards you, then you're yeah. gonna, and who shot you by the way, then maybe you might want to yeah. choke him. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: they didn't. Yeah, I'm totally with you, Ben, because when I rewatched it, I was like, maybe it was self defense, like maybe that's what comes in. But it just didn't feel like the stakes were, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, it was, wasn't it? He was choking him.
1: What do you I mean was he shot like, him?
2: But why is nobody saying just like, I would like my manuscript back? I would like to finish your manuscript. Okay. Like, it's just
1: yeah, but so wh- but he wasn't saying that. So wouldn't it make sense no. if a guy who shot you was cu- then coming after you? Might you not want to put him out of commission?
2: Yeah, I think it makes sense. It's just it makes sense in the sense that it's a totally bizarre situation.
1: Yeah, it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. Strange. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, like I said, I just I just found it funny that Alicia and Strand made absolutely no effort to break that up, yeah. and then Alicia and then Alicia was shocked when she saw that Wes killed him. Yeah, like, well, you didn't make any effort yeah. to stop it. <laughs> oh
2: my God, Wes, you killed him for a buck? And I'm like, well, he didn't care two seconds ago. Like <laughs> yeah, but um, I hope I think Wes will come back. Surely they seem to so. go quite a way to establish him, um, and yeah, I look forward to seeing what. What happens with that?
1: Because I think he was impacted by Alicia.
2: Yeah, I think so. She he does say that thing at the end, you know, you made me care.
1: And and he's crying when he sees his words on the tree. Yeah. And that's
3: what I was gonna say too, when he see, that moment when he sees the words on the tree, I think that I think that really does speak that maybe he's he's been influenced by everything
1: that mm-hmm. happened.
2: Yeah. And he's dealing with his first kill as well, I guess, which is a strange yeah. position to be in.
1: And I think but do we do a we know of, that was his first kill that seemed to be the implication when um Alicia said it would be her first one and
2: he, I felt like he didn't okay. deny it uh, yeah. yeah i was I kind of got like oh alicia got his number there
1: she he said somebody has to but uh. I also felt like there was a parallel between him and Logan because Logan reveals that he's the one who came up with that phrase, uh, take what you need leave what you don't, but that's all bullshit. And now I don't, Mm. you know, buy into it anymore. And so he used to be a compassionate humanistic person who got hardened maybe. And Wes is the same way with his brother dying that sent him into this dark path.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: So my number one is also Wes. We've pretty much talked it out, so I think I will just read the last page of Wes's manuscript, which I froze I was screen, hoping so. you'd have done I, that. I <laughs> was
3: <laughs> I was too, because that I screenshotted it because that when I was debating between what was gonna be my number one, that was oh. the other one.
1: <laughs> oh well go ahead. No no go for it. It's okay. It says uh Night fell, they huddled around the fire, Colin grew weary, it had been a long couple of days. Looking at these who remained, he smiled. The human race would survive amongst these small groups scattered over the world. He picked up the journal that started it all, and with the last remaining ink in the pen, wrote on the cover, if you are reading this, it means you are still here. The end. Which sounds like he's writing about the zombie apocalypse.
3: Yeah. It, Just a little bit, it actually yeah. sounds a little bit like he's writing about Fear the Walking
0: Dead. Anyway. Yeah, totally
1: and then there was, was this drug addict
3: <laughs> in a church named Rick.
0: Named
1: Rick.
2: You know? Yeah, I mean
3: you, you talk about like survival amongst these small groups of scattered that are scattered all over the world. It does. It sounds like whatever this manuscript is, he probably started it after this had started. After the yeah, apocalypse definitely. started. You'd hope yeah
1: <laughs> I mean I guess it doesn't make any difference but yeah well, I think he did yeah.
3: well you're right I mean if he wrote it before the zombie apocalypse and then all of a sudden this started happening <laughs> yeah. you'd think maybe I shouldn't write anymore because I'm bringing this on
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah or at least don't end it there Ma- write <laughs> yeah. some like oh and then a rainbow came down <laughs> and angels descended and everyone <laughs> was happy I forever everything I write
2: is becoming real <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Okay, notes. So any other random things Ben that you didn't get to say?
3: Um we talked you mentioned, you know, where Wendell has been. And this is just something this isn't exactly pertaining to this episode, but it's something pertaining to the series and one of the mm-hmm. actors. I I I loved seeing Daryl Mitchell introduced because I'm a huge fan of Galaxy Quest. Like mm-hmm. oh, love yeah. Galaxy Quest. And it wasn't until he was introduced into Fear the Walking Dead that I found out he had that tragic accident that really left yeah. him paralyzed. So, yeah, he did. You, you know, because I thought, like, wow, what are they, why are they putting his character in a wheelchair? And then when I actually looked into it, he's really paralyzed. And mm-hmm. I have so much more respect and love for him as an actor because he's a huge activist for putting more disabled people on the screen ever since that Absolutely. happened. Absolutely. So, Quite right. Um, but other than that, the only other note I have is, uh, you know, when we talked about the walkers and how we've become desensitized to it and comparing Logan as a villain and his people and how we, we, you know, you mentioned how Morgan and Althea kind of just walked away from him after they did the threat to him. Uh, I feel like the name of the show should go from fear, the walking dead to we tolerate the walking dead.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Coexisting with the walking dead. They're fine. Yeah. (laughs)
3: But other than that I don't really have anything else for the okay. episode. Good. Lucy?
2: Um I got a couple. I quite liked Blind Strand. I thought that was like a bad night out when you're like no, I'm so wasted I don't know what's happening. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: um
2: I realized that something that really gives me the squicks that they do in this show a lot is um when Zed's are clawing at a window and their fingertips start to bleed. Oh, that just really makes me feel quite unwell. Yeah. It's like that's a kind of good cuz it's so you you know no human would do that so it's this nice kind of yeah. surreal
1: aspect. or they tear themselves in half but yeah
2: or they tear themselves <laughs> in half. um i think i liked alan morgan as a combo and um, they're both a bit awkward but with each other somehow not um
1: yeah and last week we didn't know where al was but apparently she was on a run and also going to store her tapes. Yeah. and he somehow knew where she was
2: I thought it was a bit lame that Morgan and Al had to dig the grave. I was like, come on guys, that's not fair. (laughs) Um, I get the feeling that Morgan is maybe off to go and try being with Grace. But I do think that Grace, you know, would be quite, well, wouldn't be funny. But, you know, he might get back and she might be uh, dead. But that won't happen, obviously. But just if it did, it would be.
1: It did feel like he's slowly moving towards being with her, right? Because he mentioned to Al that... Oh, yeah, I kind of feel that with, or he, it seemed to, he alluded. He like what he felt with Jenny yeah, and Dwayne, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And he had a great line, I'm not a ghost and I'm not just what I've lost, which I think is a really good philosophy. Um, and I kind of loved what Morgan said as well about, he worries that if he lets go of them, he lets go of the good as well. And I think that's a really, that's really poignant for grief, you know, for Alicia and for Morgan. Absolutely. It's, you know, if you let go of someone, do you let go of the, the happy moments as well? Um, I wonder if we'll see Alan Morgan's conversation about his family. Um, I'm kind of neither here nor there on whether we do or don't.
1: I felt a little um, critical of her there. I mean, she's just using any situation to get more. She's like an addict.
2: I've been recording you the whole time, motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) he's like, oh, damn it! (laughs) Um, I had a couple of suspensions of disbelief. One was how there was still ammo in the police station. The other was the art installation outside the police station, but I'm willing to believe that that's Wes. You know, they had like the scarecrow people. Um, it was a very brief shot. I didn't even notice. And also, how a radio worked inside a bank vault, but the door was oh, open, so yeah,
1: that's maybe fine. Yeah.
3: Can I can um, I add one is, more to your to your police station mm-hmm. one?
2: Oh uh, yeah, the door is always open. <laughs>
3: well, well, I mean, with the police station, if Wes could very easily go out the side door to distract the zombies away. Why couldn't they just escape out the side door and not use any ammo in that situation at all?
2: Excellent question.
3: Like, why waste the ammo taking, about, taking out all those Zeds when you could have just, especially with Strand having the tear gas in his eyes,
1: why that didn't they all just escape out the point. back? Let me go around and I'll help
3: you. <laughs> From yeah, the other like, side. Meanwhile ridiculous. Alicia's
2: like left a bit, right a bit, left a bit, no there's more. Oh no, oh damn so it, right. sorry Strad. It's, it's, like, it's
3: like I need to get a I I need to get a tool out of the shed, so but I but it's locked. So let me use this shovel to break the lock so I can <laughs> yeah. get inside. Yeah. When you're really holding the, the shovel. shovel. <laughs> yeah. <like. laughs>
2: yep. Oh, that that was it for me. That was my okay. uh, my
1: we've talked most most of mine out one thing i thought it was pretty cool and interesting to have them go inside a bank vault where we would all love to get into and there's this money laying everywhere but it's (laughs) totally useless
2: isn't that that was cool actually i'm totally with you i loved that i was like oh this just means nothing now doesn't it like there's nothing to protect i mean
1: it would have been the best if one of them had just urinated all over it (laughs)
3: <laughs> or or lit it on fire to stay warm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just trying to get another P reference. It's kinda kinda it, okay. kind of like
3: Zombie Land with Woody Harrelson like wiping <laughs> his tears for the hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs>
1: and then last, um, the phrase is you're still here and no one's gone until they're gone meaning don't give up on yourself and people or people meaning people suck all feel very gimple-y to me like light mm. kind of i think his his influence is still there yeah mm. all right that was great thank you guys let's take a little break there's more to come stay with us if you invest your tuppence wisely in the bank
0: safe and sound soon that tuppence safely invested in the bank Will come pound, and you'll achieve that sense of conquest as your affluence expands in the hands of the directors
3: who invest. (laughs) As propriety (laughs) demands. May I, sir? Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people it kills
4: get up and kill. Are they slow moving, chief?
3: Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed
4: up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. All
1: right, from AMC... They had an interview with Matt Frewer who plays Logan. They asked what interested you most about joining Fear the Walking Dead and about the character of Logan in particular. He says it's a great show that's beautifully written (coughs) and beautifully acted. It asks important questions (laughs) specifically about what happens to your humanity in a post-apocalyptic world. These guys are amazing. The crew, the cast, they're making full-on feature films every eight days. It's a universe we're living in and that we're firmly planted in. It's just terrific. Logan is clearly a survivor who lives by a different code. I recognized early on and also through a couple of chats with Ian and Andrew that there's a really interesting gray area there. I love to play that. I like hearing him say that because I also like that, you know, I don't like mustache twirling villains. I like the gray area ones. Yeah, that's good. Uh, they ask as the show's new foe did you have any thoughts early on about how to approach him he says logan isn't a conventional villain he's morally ambiguous but what he says makes a lot of practical sense the factory is his and it's his stuff as far as playing the character goes i saw an opportunity to play someone who's unsettling for the audience the audience may question how they feel about him and whether they like him or not it's an ambiguity that makes you a little nervous to be around i was really excited to play that I, I admire that. I like the actors who like to play the characters that not everyone's going to like, you know, versus the yeah. ones who just want to play like the heroes. So that's I cool.
3: think sometimes they find it fun, you know, just to absolutely, kind of break that yeah. character.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then last they say in episode 511, we learned that it was Logan who came up with the take what you need, leave what you don't tagline. What might Logan's new mantra be? He says, I think the bumper sticker that he might have on his low gas guzzling Toyota Corolla might be it's better to be effective than good. So Mm -hmm. there, that's his character card. If um, (laughs) he ever says that, I won't be surprised. (laughs) It's It's better to be effective than good. Hmm. And there was a question in this interview that I thought was pretty spoilery. His answer about what he's up to. It was more than we've ever gotten from the show. And so I'm not going to read it just for that reason, but I will put the link to the interview in the show notes for people who want to, to read that. Cause there's, a I'm intrigued questions in there. Yeah. <laughs> Next from Forbes, uh, they mentioned that the walking dead is serving as something of a feeder program for the Marvel cinematic universe. As we're now up to five major cast members who've had roles as heroes or villains. So far we have Michael Rooker, who played Merle and he's Yondu mm-hmm. in Guardians of the Galaxy. Denai Guerrera, Michonne, she's Okoye in Black Panther and Avengers. Ross Marquand, who's Aaron, he plays Red Skull in Avengers, John Bernthal, who's Shane, plays Frank Castle in, in The Punisher, the lead character. And now we have a new one. Do you guys know who it is? Uh,
2: it's Lauren Riddle. Yes.
3: Oh, I didn't know this one.
1: Yeah, so yeah. she's Connie and uh, she's going... She was on stage at the big D23 convention this weekend as one of the Eternals with the cast, oh. full cast, finally revealed. It also stars Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, and Kit Harington and, and Richard Kit Madden. Harrington. Yeah, Richard Madden too, so both from Game of Thrones, the Stark brothers, and leading the film is Gemma Chan. It's being directed by Chloe Zhu, who's the MCU's first female Asian lead and director. And Ridloff is Amazing. playing e- Eternal Makari, who's been changed dramatically from the comics. The speed obsessed, flash like Makari was a man, so that's a big difference. And it's been confirmed that yes, Makari will also be deaf, as Ridloff is deaf, yet another first for Marvel. So that's Amazing. pretty cool.
2: Yeah. That's really, really great.
1: Yeah, that's really great. I'm, I'm excited. I, this movie is so, so mysterious to me because it sounds like such a horrible idea for a movie. But I, with the Marvel doing it, I'm like, I bet you they'll make it great. So I'm hey, really intrigued.
3: Everybody was nobody really knew a Guardians of the Galaxy movie would work either. Exactly. And look at how monstrous and my favorite. <laughs> yep, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep, totally. Yeah, that's, that movie is more than any of the other ones why I'm totally open-minded to anything they want to try. I
3: Anytime Marvel announces anything, I'm completely on board. I have full <laughs> trust in what they do. I don't even question it. What's your it. favorite? Oh, man. You...
1: I know that's hard. Well, if <laughs> What comes gonna, to mind, though?
3: If we're going to exclude... See, I have to go with Endgame, but if we're going to exclude yeah. that and go with just the individuals, uh, Guardians is up there, but, man, I'm a huge Black Panther fan. I think Black awesome. Panther's fanat- is fantastic.
1: It's great. Mm-hmm. My two are Guardians and Thor Ragnarok, although it seems like, like I only thing. want like the funny ones, and that's not true because Endgame is definitely up there, but those are my two favorites.
3: Endgame's my number one. Like that's the one I still I still cry over, I still get chills. It's like that's my number one.
1: It's so really good. Lucy?
2: Yeah. Uh Ragnarok and Winter Soldier.
1: That's a great one too. Very yeah, very I like.
2: Good. I really, really like the the style of Winter Soldier, and it's just it does a lot of things really well. So yeah. to me, those are the two strongest ones.
1: Yeah, and and the first Captain America, I was like, yeah, it was all right. So yes, Winter Soldier um, was so good compared compared to that. Oh, it
2: just it's just a really good film. Like mm-hmm. it's just you know it's not even like a good Marvel film. It's just a, a good right. film yeah. generally, which
1: yes, is what you so. want.
2: <laughs> exactly. So mm-hmm. that those to me are those are probably the two I would watch. Again, again. Not
3: to get off topic for too long, but what are you guys looking forward to the most out of everything they've announced?
1: Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, yep. Just looking at that. Because Doctor it's Strange the multiverse is going to be. And madness. it's going to be straight
3: up horror. Yeah.
1: The horror part and the multiverse part. I like both of those. But I'm also intrigued by the What If um, so am I. series. And they announced She Hulk recently. If they do that right, I think it'll be great.
3: Did you did you see the feedback that that's getting on Instagram of all these like fanboys saying why do we have to make everything female? Like idiots, <laughs> idiots. <Yeah>. She-Hulk <laughs> is an actual thing. They're not yeah. created by Stan the Hulk. Lee. Yes. They're not me tooing the Hulk. It's an actual comic book like but no I, other than what if I think uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is the other one I
1: really want to see too. WandaVision it, oh. is another one.
2: Yeah. It all sounds pretty interesting. I just realized I forgot to mention uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is another one that I
3: really oh, love with the Marvel films. Well,
1: now you just reminded me that I'm totally heartbroken that Spider-Man is now separate from the MCU well, because of that's, all these. that's
3: not permanent. That's
2: it's, Yeah, see what happens. There's
3: still negotiations happening, and the last deal that I saw included seven more movies for him uh, in the MCU. Yeah. But it's whether or what? not Sony is going to agree with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I'm I hope so. I'll just say that. And Marvel
3: right. Marvel dropped from fifty to fifty percent to thirty percent. No so.
1: way. Okay, good, yeah. good. That's good. Okay, uh, one more. This one is about a Walking Dead actor getting another job in another series. So this may telegraph his or her character's exit from the show. So in other words, it's potentially spoilery. So if you don't want to hear that, you should go to the next segment now but you guys have no choice. You have to hear it. <laughs> 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 so uh, variety.com reports that dun, 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 Christian Cerrados is in negotiations to star in the upcoming Netflix series based on the life of Tejano music star, Selena Quintanilla in the upcoming, in the coming of age story following Selena as her dreams come true and all the heart wrenching and life changing choices she and her family have to make as they navigate success, family and music. So, uh you know who knows i mean she could do something like that in the off season but this may telegraph her leaving the, the show i don't know no, i'd like to see her in something else
2: retrieve. interesting yeah okay
1: i think that'd be good i think i i don't know i mean i like her character but um i haven't seen her in anything else so maybe she would even want to you know do something yeah. different
3: well, the thing and the yeah. thing and the thing about them, too, is, you know, a, a lot of times there's a lot of these actors that I'm being introduced to for the first time that I I want to see them do things other than Walking Dead simply so that I'm not typecasting them in my own head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Michael Cudlitz I had seen in other stuff before Walking yeah. Dead, but but Josh McDermott, I, you know, I see him as nothing but Eugene. So, yeah. You know, while I don't want to see Eugene written off the Walking Dead just yet, I would like to see Josh pop up in something else simply so that I, that's not all I see him as.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it's just fun to see and I can't wait to see what Andrew Lincoln does. He's in this movie with Naomi Watts and I'm totally down to watch it.
2: Yeah, it's going to be so interesting. Yeah.
1: But I did I did notice, did you either one of you ever seen this movie called um was it Human Traffic? Yeah. Oh,
0: no. It was
1: about uh, ecstasy use among all these young Brits back in early 2000s. And they're all going to raves and stuff. And I watched that because I went to a couple of raves myself and it was <laughs> it was really fun to watch. And I went back and mm-hmm. saw that Andrew Lincoln played this jaded raver who was just talking about the way that things used to be and how much better it was. And I had no clue that was him, but it was so fun to go back and watch that scene. <laughs> it That's so hard.
3: funny. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but the whole time the Andrew Lincoln was in The Walking Dead, I'm still bummed that we never got any scene of him holding up cue cards. Yeah, I know,
0: right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I never even saw that movie until like six months ago. Oh, really? Like, no? That is the big thing that he's known for for sure. Other than Walking Dead,
3: it's Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. That would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it for the news. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Uh- <laughs> Uh, Sarah Larkham
3: says I liked this episode more than last week's episode I just want Dave Erickson back to the show
2: (laughs) Mm. Daphne Backman says I liked some parts of the episode but I wish the season would have been 10 good episodes instead of having 16 with so much filler
1: well so far we've had 11 but yeah I see what you're saying (laughs) AJ Ebersole says I liked tonight's episode this season has been a bit hard to watch but they seem to be picking up What I really want to know is what is up with Logan's group. Yeah, me too.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Jason Robertson, I enjoyed this episode like I usually do. I like Wes and hope he returns before the season is over. Glad to see Alicia is getting her groove back. Looking forward to next week.
2: Robert Parker says, this one was okay. The bar is pretty low, so I'll take an okay episode as a win.
1: (laughs) I feel like we're... I wonder if we're influencing people or... I don't know. Elizabeth Nikolaevich says, enjoying the journey, not all journeys and relationships need to be centered on conflict and violence in the ZA. Fear the Walking Dead Z world is at least not all that stereotypical nature of man stuff, man at his worst in a world of limited resources and the pursuit of power. Leads me to where's Logan going with that resource quest? Those who are on the boring and it's so bad kick perhaps need to change their perspective and grow in dimension like the main characters in Fear the Walking Dead. I'll try. I will try, <laughs>
3: Elizabeth. For you, I will I, try. I've been able to do it, and I'm on that opposite <laughs> perspective, so I'm good.
1: Ben's the only enlightened one here.
3: Hey, yep. I, I'll take a show with, uh, with some optimism over a dark and gritty, everything's about to fail like The Walking Dead has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh alicia stout i'm still here for the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yay! robin price daily says think i'm just going to listen to the podcast this week <laughs> given the lack of activity on the live thread i'm afraid of wasting an hour of my life i won't get back
1: <laughs> uh, well let me know robin if you decide to watch it based on what we said Damien Vitale says, was late watching last week's episode, 210 words per minute, and would like to give it a rating of four candy beansies out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Laura Willie
3: Swink, in case Lucy wanted to know, Jason, this is the feedback you mentioned earlier. (laughs) Part Part of it. it, It's
1: only a small part, but yeah. Uh,
3: (laughs) Walking Dead takes a leak, top five. Uh, Number five, Walking Dead season two, Nebraska. Tony, one of the strangers Rick and Herschel come across at the bar, pees in the corner before their gunfight with Rick. Of course. Uh, Number four, Walking Dead Season 3. After escaping the governor, Merle pees on a tree in the woods while having a heart-to-heart with Daryl.
2: I did call that one.
3: Good job. Number three, Fear Season 4. Jimbo uses Zeds as target practice as he pees off the building rooftop they're trapped on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: that is true
3: number two fear season three daniel takes a leak and has a chit chat with strand during a pit stop on their ill-fated road trip to find ophelia uh Ooh. and number one season two of fear alone and dehydrated in the mexican desert nick
1: pees into his hands and drinks it ew that oh, i, I can't that believe one. we forgot that but it Definitely deserves to be number one on your list. Yeah. Oh,
2: I think I blocked that just from my memory. <laughs> I might be
1: That's
3: with amazing. you cause I don't remember that either. Mm-hmm.
1: I think, yep. you know, I should have went back and looked, but other listeners have sent some in and I think there's more too, but I asked for it. So thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks
0: Laura. <laughs> Love you. That was awesome. All
1: right. And we have one call from Steve Brown.
4: Hello, walking dead cast. This is Steve. And this is uh, for you're still here. Uh, universe is telling Alicia that it could have been her blood on that tree and she needs to start killing the dead again I don't understand how this is even just get over it come on I don't I mean gosh it just I, I hate to say it like that but I don't understand is she scared she's going to go back to that place but that's all she did was kill the dead I don't uh, anyway and uh, I can't believe that last week I misunderstood I thought when Morgan said Al was out there alone, that he meant Alicia, but he meant Althea. So that was a little weird, um, or a little bad on my part, I guess. Uh, love that tear gassed zombie, but it's kind of strange that, I uh, I don't know, maybe those guns, Strand just didn't know he was shooting a tear gas round or, or whatever. And I wonder what happened to Logan that turned him from what he was to this, because, There's a parallel here between Logan and Wes, I think, a little bit, because Logan says he's the one who came up with that whole phrase, take what you need, leave what you don't. But then he says there's this bigger picture out there. Uh, And, of course, one of the biggest things of the show is just Wes's change of heart. But then at the end, he kind of goes back to being what he was before. He, He told Alicia and Strand that they made him care and he was mad about that or he didn't like that and uh, people are still people. So uh, good episode overall, and uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later.
1: Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, with Alicia. Now, this whole thing happened, or at least the last time she was able to kill Zed's was when she was at the kid's treehouse, right, trying to keep them safe.
3: I think that's the last time I remember, too, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I don't totally get what happened or why she suddenly. But I. Uh, that part's hazy for me. But what I do give her a lot of leeway for is I know when you have a PTSD like that. I mean, I don't have it, but I I've just have a feeling that it's not really logical, you know? It's just like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So there's not much you can do. Um, as far as Logan, I i can't remember if we ever heard anything about what i think him and clayton aka polar bear the guy who kind of was the first one to go around leaving stuff for people had a falling out right but we don't really know the details of it I don't yeah know. i
2: think so there was some kind of they came to blows about something
1: mm-hmm. so i think um. we don't know the details All right, that is our show, episode three sixty seven. Thank you, guys, for listening. Those of you who are still here, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ben, thanks for coming on. That was really fun. I'm glad. Yeah, you came I, on absolutely.
3: Come back absolutely. Sometime. Well, I don't know. You, you've got me. Uh, you've got me guess, second guessing it now. Not what? really. It's, I don't no, get it No, I it, it, you said that you know I might not want to come back on after when we talked about never mind Edit oh, this oh, out. Oh. <laughs> edit, edit.
1: <laughs> not not editing it. It's cute. <laughs> so, if you uh, guys want to call us and uh, you can reach us as always at 650-485-dead that's 650-485-3323. I dare one of you guys to leave us a voicemail for next week.
2: You can email us at brains at
3: You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast.
1: And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. And Ben, what what's the big thing that you're like most happy happiest about or that you want more people to know about that's going on over at next level?
3: Well, I mean, for certain, the, the Lost Podcast, the you know, that we talked about at the top of the podcast, that's been getting... A, yeah, with Kristen. That's been getting a lot of good listenership. Uh, we definitely... Re- we've been getting a lot of great feedback every week now as well, so we encourage people to listen to that. Even if you... I mean, it's been cool because we've gotten a couple messages and emails of people who were on that boat that felt the writers didn't know where they were going and... You know didn't like the ending and as they've been re-watching along with us and hearing us kind of analyze the episodes they've kind of been changing their minds a little bit um uh, which uh, you know so if you're on the if you were on the fence or you were in that group of people and you're looking for a place where we're a spoiler full podcast it's not spoiler free at all uh so, you know so we talk about things and i feel like When you're analyzing the show, comparing it, and you need to change, or you want to try and change people's minds, that's how you have to approach it. Because otherwise, people are going to go into it blind.
1: I mean, that's the most interesting way to do a rewatch, in my opinion, is with the knowledge of everything that followed to see, you know, how things uh, originated and just looking at all the connective tissue and all that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what's changing people's minds a little bit, or mm-hmm. at least making them believe, okay, maybe they did have a little bit of a plan. So But yeah, uh, next level the next com is the website where all the, the podcasts can be found, including the Lost Podcast and all the other great podcasts that we have over there. Uh, Facebook.com slash the next level network as well.
1: Awesome. I'll Excellent. put those in the in the show notes too for people.
3: Appreciate it. Yay
1: next episode of this podcast will be fear the walking dead season five episode 12 nerd or something <laughs> it's n-e-r-d-a-m-i-t is it latin i think it's hebrew oh really okay yeah always try to have at least one smart person on each <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> all right that's our show